0: Hey guys, this is Mike Vidano and you're listening to Sarcastic Remarks on 365 Sportscast Radio Network. Hey Chris, how's it going this evening?
1: It's going fantastically. I have lots of candy.
0: Lots of candy? Too much stuff from uh, Easter stuff?
1: Yeah, to, to celebrate Easter, I will be eating candy throughout this podcast. <laughs>
0: Um, hello guys, uh, welcome to Starcastic Remarks, uh, along with Chris Chambers, I'm Brian Chambers, and, uh, we are coming to you live from College Station, Texas, where Chris is located, attending Texas A&M, and from the middle of nowhere, West Texas, uh, from a little town called Crane, uh, where I am from where I'm currently teaching. So, um, we want to thank you guys for tuning in today. Uh, we got a couple of things we're going to talk to you guys about, but first we got some breaking news uh, for you guys, and it has something to do with the stars. Uh, Chris, would you like to break the news for us?
1: Oh yeah, Dobie had the. Uh, if you didn't know, Dobby had a positive COVID test on a Saturday Saturday morning, which got him out for these two weekend games. But we just got word that he had a false positive. And also, Rick Bonus got a positive test somehow in the middle of the games. Who was out during the third period? So we're thinking that's a false positive as well. So very interesting.
0: Well, we are we are hoping that it is a false positive. And uh Jim Dill did come out uh during the postgame and kind of set some things straight and, uh, and according to Sod, according to Saad's uh Twitter feed, he said that his demeanor and like his uh I guess the way he was holding himself was kind of calm. So it, I, it sounds like they're expecting it to be a false positive, uh, just like it was for uh, Anton Hudobin. So,
1: yeah, especially with what's going on with the Canucks, it's it's pretty scary right now. It's, seeing what all the Canucks are going through, definitely don't want that to start here. So,
0: yeah, and, and you know what? Speaking of that, let's talk about some of that Vancouver stuff because uh, before we get into the games for this weekend, um, so it. For those of you that uh, don't take the the virus seriously, uh, it's 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 hitting Vancouver pretty hard. Uh, it, it sounds like over 20 players and you know coaching staff and training staff and all that uh, have caught the virus in this and uh, we don't know how it started or where it started for this team. but uh, honestly, Chris, it sounds like there's several players that could possibly be hospitalized. And you know these are like you know top tier athletes. These are not like you know lame-bold, you know fat people like me. I mean these are like grade A athletes. And if they're getting into uh, having to be hospitalized, is what it seems like. There's I think there was about two or three that according to reports. So uh, I mean, what's your what's your thoughts on that? Goodness. Yeah,
1: I mean, just the whole virus thing has just proved like. You don't know how it's going to affect you. Really, nobody does. You could be in great health. You could be in terrible health. I know people who are immunocompromised, who the virus did nothing to them. And I know people who are in great shape who got, like, destroyed by the virus. So you just don't know. You should just play it safe.
0: Yeah, and uh, our thoughts and prayers are out to the the whole Vancouver uh, organization right now. And hopefully everything uh, goes on fine with them and they're able to continue their season. Um, But... Unlike some of these other shutdowns, it sounds like this shutdown is going to be more than just a week. So, you know, for some of the teams, it, it's it's like, you know, a couple of, you know, positives. And then they're back on the ice in like a week's time playing games again. Um, based off of what I'm hearing and what I'm seeing on Twitter and other places and other media members, it sounds like this is going to be an extended... Uh, Yeah, an extended break for the Vancouver Canucks, which is not good for the NHL schedule.
1: Yeah, that's definitely true. I mean, and just seeing an outbreak, especially like when we're nearing the end of the pandemic, like we have the vaccine out. The NHL needs to be trying to get these guys vaccines. Like I'm a college student right now, and I could get the vaccine like tomorrow. So the the NHL needs to do something because these guys are in close quarters with other people because that's their job. They, They have no other choice. They have to do that for a living. They can't be separate from people, so they, they need to find a way to get these guys vaccines. Honestly, in my opinion,
0: yeah, I don't know what's uh, what's going on with uh, with the NHL with this, but and and Jim Neal came out and said that said this in post game. He said that uh, most of the stars and most of the uh, coaching staff and the training staff have actually gotten the vaccine. So uh, I have I have as well. I don't know if you have if you're well you you had covid-19 so you don't really know if you really need yeah, I, to do you have i haven't
1: yet I'm, I'm waiting for letting other people get it who haven't had the sickness yet
0: yeah so uh well and yeah, apparently, it they haven't
1: got, and, and, that, and that also makes me think like maybe some you, you know we had a couple guys out for sickness like Cogliano was out for sickness like that could have been the vaccine i know multiple people who are who got who got like really bad fatigue from getting the vaccine, so
0: yeah, that's weird because I went and got my uh, my uh, the second dose was worse than the first dose. The first dose, it was just a little bit of numbness, and that was about it. But uh, you you know that second dose, it seems like everybody has been talking about it that it really knocks you down for, you know, two, three, four days. Um, I I wasn't like down, but uh, I was definitely not feeling great. I mean, I still went to work and and stuff like that. But uh, it and and again, the only real side effect I felt was that I just couldn't pick up a ton of weight, just because my arm was completely numb and uh, it it was just sore for about three or four days. So, but regardless, uh, the the I think one of the big things that's uh, people are talking about with this COVID shutdown of the Vancouver Canucks is how is this going to affect the scheduling for the rest of the season? That's a really interesting question,
1: right? I think they're gonna be doing exactly what we're doing right now: four games and six nights every week, and no breaks. Which we've shown it's very tough to do. So
0: um, one of the one of the biggest things that I've seen is that uh, I, I just don't see how they're gonna finish a season with fifty six games. At least down up in the up in the north with Vancouver, I just don't see how they can do it. And that's been the, – the whole reason why their schedule has been so flexible and the way – and the reasons why they've done the the way things they have is because they want to get 56 games done for a season. They want to try and get as many games done as they can. But I just don't see how they can unless maybe, like, the playoffs start in the United States before Canada. So Canada that's finishes – That's very possible. That that's may-
1: because you got two rounds of – well – yeah, you'll have two rounds of in-division playoff play. So that's probably I didn't even think about that, but that's a that's I think that's definitely going to happen.
0: Well, it it's either that or you know, we wait for the North Division to finish their season and then we start all together, but
1: yeah, well, I mean, there's no reason to do that though, right? Like there's no chance we're going to be playing anybody from the North Division. We're only playing playoffs within the division. So, I think that's that's definitely what's going to happen. I think that's a great idea.
0: Well, I mean, is there really another option, though?
1: I mean, the other option is you give them a ton of back-to-backs where they're playing five games a week. So.
0: Well, that's what they did. Obviously,
1: obviously not ideal, but.
0: I mean, the stars it, have been playing four games every week for.
1: And that's gonna four or happen five till. Weeks now. Yeah, that's gonna happen till the season ends. <laughs> right. So, um, it's not ideal, but I think it's better to get to fifty-six games than it is to say, "Oh, this team." gets ahead of you even though they have less points because they have a higher point percentage like that would be a whole debacle so i think they've been do everything they can to get to 56 games
0: no well the only other thing i can think of is why it wouldn't be such a big deal is because the the vancouver canucks were starting to vie for a playoff spot they were starting to get back into the mix because they uh thatchery demko has played well recently and that and they've been getting better because of the play of him but uh I don't know, and it just seems like—I I mean, this is a hard situation. I mean, I, I'm just glad that I'm not, you know, Gary Bettman. I mean, that's really his job, honestly. Um, yeah, I mean, too, aren't we all?
1: Yeah, uh,
0: I mean, that's Gary why. Yeah, that's why he gets paid the big bucks. Um, so. That's why he pays
1: himself the big bucks.
0: So, do you think that he gets, uh, or that, do you think that he? Do you think that the season ends uh, with the Vancouver Canucks not playing a full 56 games, or do you think that they play a full 56 games?
1: I think there's no chance, because, like, it, uh, unless they obviously get out of it, right? C- but, like, if if they get ahead of a team who has more points than them based on point percentage, there, there's going to be a riot. <laughs> so I don't think there's any chance that they don't play 56.
0: Well, the the other option is, is you just tell... I mean, you talk with the Vancouver Canucks, and based off of what it sounds like, is that the they're not going to be in any kind of shape to play, even after you know, even after they come back, because uh, I think the team that comes back is going to look a lot different than the team that uh, started before all this uh, positive testing and all that sort of stuff. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know.
1: Either they're going to be eliminated from contention if, like, really they can't go. Because it seems like that. It seems like they could be out for, like, four weeks maybe. Uh, I would and guess at would, least three. At least yeah. three. And that and four or five weeks would not be doable. So they might just be eliminated. Or the other option is, like, they have to play 56 games. You can't play less than 56 and then jump ahead somebody even though they have less points. Yeah, but... That would be awful.
0: But are the, are the players health more important than the you know than making the playoffs right now
1: yeah that's what i'm saying like they're they're either gonna cancel their season because of this or they're gonna have to play 56 games those are the only two options i see Uh, to to make it fair okay um well yeah i mean the other the other thing is like this is their fault too this hasn't happened in another organization there's been outbreaks in other organizations and it hasn't been this bad so whatever protocols they put in place they failed at them
0: well, so and, like,
1: and whatever
0: happened there, it, it, it sounds like that they didn't follow what they were supposed to because the NHL sent out a memo about, hey, you know, rehashing the guidelines. So, uh, obviously... Yeah, the organization
1: obviously failed.
0: Yeah, and it's... But do you think... Well, I mean, you say that about the Vancouver Canucks, but what about the Stars at the beginning of the season?
1: They didn't have it that bad, though. Like They had it, about 16
0: player. players test positive.
1: Vancouver's is everybody, every player. So, it, and they're like getting very bad off. Their families are getting it. I've seen. So it's more than that. It's coming home to people too. It it's a debacle.
0: Yeah. Just just hoping that uh, all of this goes down. So, um, just when it seems like that everything's starting to come back to normal, and more NHL teams are starting to allow fans into the stands and stuff like that, and there is even some you know i saw some reports that possibly during the playoffs that canada would would allow like you know 25% capacity or 10% capacity or whatever um obviously that's outside of the bill now <laughs> yeah. that's not going to happen anytime soon at least in uh, canada so
1: yeah that's definitely what it, what makes it more strange too because it feels like the pandemic's al- almost over and then th- this is the worst that hockey has gotten hit by it right honestly so it's just strange
0: so I, I hope and pray for the uh, Vancouver Canucks that everything goes well with them. And uh, and I also hope that we don't have another outbreak like this again. Um, at this point, if you're a Vancouver Canuck, uh, I would just be worrying about the health of yourself and of your family. And I wouldn't even be worrying about the playoffs right now because it seems like I would almost say their season is done with the way that it is. And, and they just have six teams in the North Division now. Vancouver just bows out. I hope not because they they were playing better. And it was fun to watch uh, Thatcher Demko get his uh, five-year extension and see how well he's been playing. But uh, it's honestly just not worth it if if you're the Vancouver Canucks uh, to try and push for a playoff spot if you got that many people uh, testing positive for COVID-19. So anyways, uh, so I'm not really seeing anything else uh, talking about vaccines or anything with bonus or anything.
1: Um, I would assume he got it. If, if they're saying a lot of the coaches and team got it, cause like bones is an older guy. He'd be like the first guy in the organization I'd give it to.
0: Well, how old is he? Is he like 70, 75? Maybe older than that. Even honestly,
1: no, not older than that. I think he's like sixties, but
0: <laughs> really? Okay. All right. Well, in- anyways, uh, so uh, let's talk about uh, the games this weekend, Chris. Um, uh, stars go two o or two and one in the past three games. So no overtime, thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I think I I'm just happy not to be playing overtime for the past three games. And honestly, uh, especially with today's game, I, w- I was fine with losing one to nothing. So just with- statement. Well, I mean, we split the season series with Carolina, who is arguably the best team in the NHL right now, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. that's what I was kind of going to get at. So my, my my impression of the weekend as a whole is good. We did we had a good weekend, but this last game, man, you gotta you gotta steal that point when Ottinger gives it to you. Yeah, to I agree. This is the best he's played, and he lost one to nothing. Like, and I said last game was the best he played. So, Saturday was his best game up until then, and then today was better than Saturday. And they lost it. So, that it's just so fresh. And it's hard to to get a goal when you have no more forwards on the team, or, or centers on the team. I mean, like, we, we were already injured, and then Dickinson and Fox are out, too. Like, even if Rope couldn't go, we'd have to tell them to go because we don't have enough players. <laughs> it's ridiculous.
0: Well, I mean, I, I would rather have a... I would rather have a fully rested Rope every other game than make him play every game. Honestly, well, it, with the way that he's been playing. If we don't playing.
1: have Fox and Dickinson, we, we won't have a full... We'll have, to, we'll have to have... Uh, We'll have to have seven D-men.
0: Did Fox not go tonight? I thought he played tonight. Did he not? Uh-uh.
1: Oh no my Foxa. No Foxa. no Dickinson.
0: So, get this. That's that's four centers for the Stars. Four centers that are, that are hurt right now. So, that's... Tyler Tyler has been out this entire season. Uh, he's our number one center. Our number two center Hintz, is in and out of the lineup f- this entire season so far. In the games he was that in he, today. and he wasn't today, but we really had to have him today. Um, and then Jason Dickinson, who is our our I would say he's our fourth line center, is out. And he was playing up on the first line with <laughs> Pavelski and yep. Pavelski and Robertson. And then freaking Radek Foxa is now out too. So it, it and you know. We have no centers. We don't have any centers. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie Ben was playing center tonight. He hasn't Yay. played center like that. He hasn't been forced to play center in since years. Since we didn't have Tyler Zagan. Yeah, since, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the, and you know, I'm going to rehash something that Elliot Friedman said in the 31, uh, Thoughts podcast the other day that he does for Sportsnet up in Canada. Um, It really sucks to lose games like this if you're a Stars fan. But look at the team. Look at the team and who's on the team right now. Look at who is out. Look at who is hurt. And the fact that this Stars team is 500, NHL 500, we've lost 10 overtime losses, but the fact that this team is NHL 500 is absolutely incredible. And Elliot Friedman was singing the praises of the Dallas Stars, and he was very impressed with the fact that, you know, with AHL depth players, not AHL top players, AHL depth players that are coming into this lineup and doing the best that they can against these NHL clubs like these uh I mean, this is a juggernaut team. This is a juggernaut team. The, the, the Carolina Hurricanes are a juggernaut team. They're The only th- place where I would say that they're weak at is goaltender. And yet, Alex... And he played great. <laughs> and yeah, and Mrazek is now back. Reimer has been playing well. And then, the, then their third string, Nedeljkovic, who is a, technically a rookie, is playing lights out as well. So this is a juggernaut team. And the Stars were able to split a back-to-back with them.
1: And almost almost stole three points
0: <laughs> right we we could have we could have won this game I mean it's not like we didn't have our chances uh in today's <laughs> game and and we we really had our chances um but before we get to the Sunday game let's talk a little bit about uh let's talk a little bit about the Saturday game so the the Saturday game was a a huge game uh mostly because for the fact that the Stars found out the day of that uh, Anton Hudobin tested positive um, we know now that it's a it was a false positive which thank goodness but uh that threw Mr. Jake Ottender into the limelight and uh, he made 41 saves in, the, in that game
1: yeah he was incredible that all, all weekend he, he was outstanding and especially that game I feel like he had some just unbelievable stops in Saturday's game. Like, t- today he didn't make any magic stops, but Saturday he had several just magical saves.
0: Well, and the, the main thing was, uh, and I put this up on uh, on Twitter in the second intermission, was that there were about three or four odd man chances that went, came his way in that second period, and he stopped every single one of them. Yep. And at that point it was 2-1. to one. Uh, Carolina yeah. and it it could have been they were really pushing yeah then they were in the first period we played we played pretty well on um and then the and we only had uh well it was one one at the end of one but in, in the second period it kind of they we car- were getting beat. yeah we were getting <laughs> beat. Carolina started to push a little more Rod Brend- Brendamore got his his uh group into swing and uh yeah and uh Anton uh, Anton Jake had a uh answer for all of those odd man rushes.
1: Yeah, we we got dominated that second period and somehow we came out of that period 2 to 2. That's that's just incredible. That that's finding a way to win instead of finding a way to lose. That that's that was my whole idea of that game is we found a way to win that game even when we obviously weren't our best. Like Carolina in in my opinion looked better than us that whole game. But we still found a way to stay on top of them and to find a way to win, especially with Jake, <laughs> without him we wouldn't have found a way. But he, he was on, and our forwards found a way to put three goals in. It, it was it was a it was a good win.
0: Well, we we got contributions from the people that mattered. So Jake stepped up when uh, we needed him to, and he played fantastically. And then let's sing the praises of our captain for a second. Uh, he he he. The this weekend he he looked fantastic. He he really did. Even in today's game when uh, it seemed like, you know, we were all tired. They were all tired. You could tell that the whole team was just exhausted. Both teams. (laughs) Yeah, Carolina just has more skill to rely on than the Stars do right now, so it's a little harder for us to get over that hump being tired uh, because of the way that we have to play, which is forechecking, forechecking, forechecking. But uh, Jamie Ben played great. I mean, the there were there was one chance in particular uh, in the Sunday game that I was just like, oh, that's fantastic! He, it was a one on one against uh, I think it was Dougie Hamilton, and he uh, pulled it around to his backhand and got a decent shot off. Uh, it looked like he was Alexander Radulov there for a second, uh, playing on the uh, <laughs> putting it on the backhand. So <laughs> yeah,
1: and that's the kind of Jimmy Ben we need. We just need a few more goals out of somebody. Like Robertson has been is continuing to play great. This weekend he he was outstanding too, but like that's been all year pretty much. But we we, we need some more from somebody because Ropey Hints isn't going to be in the lineup every night, and Ben has definitely been stepping up the last four games, I'd say.
0: Well, and Ropey for the first time this season played three games in a row. He played last Sunday. He played Tuesday. He played Thursday, and so you knew that he was going to get the night off on Saturday. I mean, you, you you had to guess that he wasn't going to be in the game on Saturday. And I, I knew from the start that he wasn't going to be in. So we needed those contributions from those players like that. And thank goodness we got it from Jamie Bend. Uh, we we definitely needed it. And on top of it, not just being a Jamie Benn goal, it was a power play goal, which yeah. it, it, it seems like the past couple of weeks that the Stars have been kind of pushing on the power play a little bit and they've been able to rely on the power play more.
1: Absolutely. Special teams and goaltending, like we always say, that's what's going to get us into the playoffs or that's what's going to make us lose. Saturday, we won special teams and we won goaltending. So we won the game.
0: So uh, one of the other uh, people I wanted to talk about real quick for the for the Saturday game was uh, the play of Mark Pissick. Um, he actually ended up with uh, two assists in that game, I believe, if I remember correctly. Maybe it was just one. Maybe I'd, I thought he had two. May, maybe a goal got changed.
1: Maybe one got taken away. <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh, well, okay. So anyway, uh, Pesic on that shot from the point where Cogliano uh, had a beautiful tip on the first goal in the Saturday game. That was fantastic. And uh, Cogliano has had a, a pretty decent season considering he's not considered to be an offensive player. He's put the puck in the net a couple times when we've needed him to.
1: He's having a great season. That's why people are thinking that he might be – on the trading block. Cause we could get some value out of him it, for a, a playoff team that wants to make a push that wants to add a little bit of depth. Cogliano is a great option. You can put him in anywhere and he'll play well.
0: Yeah. We'll talk about that more here in just a second. Um, and then, uh, let's, let's obviously talk about the, the play of Jason Robertson, um, that pass out to the front. Tanner Kiro didn't have to do much with that puck, but <laughs> he
1: just put his stick on the ice.
0: That's that's he, he just went bloop right into the net and it was perfect. Um, so, great for Caro. Uh he's he's actually been pretty decent and what's funny is that he's only he's he scored two goals this year and both goals have been game-winning goals. So, <laughs> is he the new Kiwi Ranta for a little bit? I guess maybe. <laughs> um okay.
1: Well, Ranta's hurt like everybody else, why not?
0: Right. We yeah, I mean, we'll get we'll get to that too as well. Um so uh the pass that Robertson made from behind the net uh, up into the slot you you don't make that kind of pass unless you have a a lot of confidence. And he he is protruding all that confidence right now uh, from the young 21-year-old.
1: Yeah, and hopefully it's not just – it it doesn't feel like it's just confidence too, though. Because he's going – like most of the time when a rookie breaks out like that, I always go back to like Shaysan when he broke out in Dallas at the end of the season. We were already out of the playoffs, so he just threw Shaysan up there. He scored every game for eight games. But that was all in the offensive zone. That's the only place he lived. He, he he. You never saw him back checking or making a great defensive play. Robertson is a great two way forward too. Like it's not just in the offensive zone. He's going both ways. Great back checks. Great defense while the other team is cycling, getting getting a stick in passing lanes. Like he seems like like legit. So I, I most of the time when people say, "Oh, this guy is just so confident right now," and they're saying, "Oh, he's he's a, it's a hot flash." you know like he, it's not going to stay this way but Robertson looks like the real deal like it it seems like he could be the the guy that we were missing next to uh well the line i always think of is uh is 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 Guryanov and Hintz being on the same line so like in the future in an ideal world where everybody is healthy again maybe one day th- no
0: then, no we'll we'll never get that no,
1: i've but, i've already made sacrifices to the
0: to the hockey gods and they said no so we're just going to have to deal with it
1: <laughs> but but either way, you you saw those those two young guys, and you feel like, well, you kind of want one more to make that super line. I think that's that's Robertson filling in that super line. He, those three guys are the forwards of the future for the Stars. I I think he's the real deal. I don't think it's a hot flash.
0: Well, and and you say he's a great two way player, but and I don't know why I think about this, but in the NHL uh, EA games. They have all those different player types, you know, two-way forward, uh, power forward, you know, playmaker, whatever. It, honestly, in the way that the style of the game is played nowadays, it almost seems like everybody has to be a two-way forward in some form or absolutely. fashion.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Tyler Sagan is a great example. He's a great two-way forward now. He he makes defensive plays all over the ice, and like he's Tyler, he's a goal scorer. That's all he's paid to do. But you have to be a two-way forward now to to be actually helpful in this league. That's what that's what going on I've learned the whole freshman season, I think. So that's definitely true.
0: Well, we'll have to see how uh how all that goes, but um anyways, uh Robertson continues to make a name for himself in why he should be considered for the Calder Trophy n- nomination. Yes, really Calder. And uh y- you know what's funny is that the the players that are now considered for the Calder, there was a little bit of hype around Kaprizov, but not as much around like uh, Lafreniere, or some of these other players that got taken. I, I mean, there were some, there was some around Tim Stutzla as well, but uh, Lafreniere has not panned out the first season like everybody thought he would, and uh, Stutzla is having a good season, but. The, the two front runners for the Calder Trophy right now are Jason Robertson and Kaprizov in Minnesota. Uh, I, I mean, it's Kaprizov's to lose, but uh, those two guys came out of nowhere this season.
1: Yeah, definitely true. It, it kind of makes me wonder, like, maybe the NHL's going to cycle more towards baseball. Like, in baseball, you never see someone out of the draft immediately playing up. You see that, like, once a decade. Like, you think Mike Trout and Bryce Harper the reason they were both so popular is cuz both of them were doing it at the same time and that never happens. So maybe hockey's turning more towards that way too like most of the time your first round guy isn't going to start in the NHL. You got to start him in the NHL to get his feet wet even even if he looks outstanding. Cuz th- like Lafreniere he was he was the no doubt first round pick like almost 2 years in advance right. uh, of, of his draft spot and he, I would say he's been total bust right now pretty much. Uh, you,
0: you can't call somebody a bust. He's 18, 19, one of the two. You can't call him a, you can't call him a bust right now for the season. Compared, compared for the to season what people, maybe. For yeah, the season compared to maybe. The
1: people were saying he was going to do he's not close to that.
0: Well, in a lot of people were saying the same thing about Jack Hughes. Now now uh Lafrenier has a higher I would say a higher potential than Jack Hughes in New Jersey. But, uh, Jack Hughes did not have a great rookie season last year. But if you look at the season that he's having now in his sophomore season, it's a lot better than it was his freshman season. so you you can't really call somebody a bust in until uh, man, I would say five or six years, maybe
1: yeah, i I'm just saying bust in comparison to what people said. Was gonna happen?
0: Yeah, I mean, I saw predictions like he was gonna score twenty goals and stuff like that, and he was the front runner for the Calder before the season even started. And uh, I I mean, he he's he's had a couple of good games. And the game I've I've tried to watch the New York Rangers because the Rangers are, you know, they have a lot of uh, young talent right now. Uh, Kako is one of my favorite NHL players right now, not on the Stars, and he's so much fun to watch. Uh, But he he just hasn't looked fully there, and maybe that's uh, that's the problem of the New York Rangers organization, and they just put him up there too quick. Maybe you're right. Maybe we see more players, uh, even top tier talent, uh, top five picks. You know, don't get put into the NHL right off the bat. Um, and normally you don't really see that out of NHL players, except for kids that are in the top five.
1: Yeah, I was going to say that, too. Top five, pretty much, you can guarantee they're going to be up there, but... Not
0: always, and it yeah. depends on the draft, too. Because I mean, I mean, the only exception I can think of of somebody that was outside the top five that was drafted was actually the Dallas Stars. Yeah, Natchushkin. Natchushkin. He got drafted 10th overall, and but at, at the time, he was seen as a top five pick.
1: Yeah, it's because it was so, a risky pick because he might have stayed in Russia.
0: Right, and it didn't end up that way, so... Uh, We'll see how we'll see how all of this goes, but um, you know, speaking of the draft, uh, that twenty seventeen draft for the Dallas Stars seems to be one of the best recent drafts, if not the best draft, uh, that the Stars have had. I mean, when you look at the the top three players that were taken in that draft, you've got uh obviously name was taken third overall. We won the lottery and got and got third overall uh with Haskinen. and then later in the first round we took uh Jake Ottinger. And then uh, in the second round, we took Jason Robertson. So, I, I mean, th- this team has notorio- notoriously been bad for dr- for not drafting the right people at the right time and stuff like that. Uh, But this 2017 draft looks really good for the Stars, especially this weekend.
1: Looks like a U-turn, definitely. And, I mean, that's also, I kind of want to talk about, like, maybe this season is kind of a blessing in disguise for the Dallas stars franchise in the long run, you know, maybe if these guys don't get hurt, we stick with those older players and maybe Jason Robertson doesn't even get a chance on the stars team. Like, I I don't think he would have at all this season. And maybe, maybe he doesn't develop into the player he's looking like right now. And like, same thing with, with the Delandria Delandria wouldn't be playing right now. I mean, tons of, we definitely Ottinger wouldn't be playing right now. We, We wouldn't see that. He's definitely NHL ready like for the longevity of the stars being a good team for more than just this little stretch, this, this might overall be a good thing, especially if we can sneak into the playoffs and get our big guys back in time to make a run at it. it, it, it it'll be it'll be seen as a, an amazing season if, if that's the case. But even if not, there, there's some good things that we can take out of it. Definitely just seeing how good our rookies really are. Oh well,
0: yeah, and especially the play of uh, Robertson, Robertson yeah, and absolutely. Ottinger, those those two guys have looked excellent for for the Stars in the long run. So, um, anyway, so that's the first game. So uh, the Stars finally went above five hundred in yesterday's game for the first time since. I was so happy. Yeah, I know. I was <laughs> too. And then and then it's back to NHL five hundred, but that's okay. Um. So uh, just. Sh- uh, some stats for you from the game on Saturday. Uh, Carolina outshot the Stars 43-25. We got demolished in the faceoff circle, 60 to 40 percent. But the important thing on the Saturday game was that we won the special teams battle, like we talked about. We went and goaltending. And goaltending. Uh, we won uh, the play. The the power the play. The power plays went one for two for the Stars and 0 for one for the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, hits were 37 to 27 in favor of the Stars. Block shots 12 to 11 in favor of the Stars, and giveaways 9 to 18 in favor of the Carolina Hurricanes. So, um, one of the things that I did want to mention about the game on Saturday and why I thought the Stars were so successful is because they were getting their forecheck going, and with yeah. uh, with a lot of players out, and especially with Jake, Jason Dickinson going out early in the, I think it might have been this first or second period. It was definitely not the third. It was the first or second. But uh, you know, you're gonna have to double shift everybody. You're down to eleven forwards, right? So the way that they played the game and with the players that they had was the right way to do it. And they beat the best team in the league, in my opinion. I honestly think that Carolina is the best team in the league right now. And uh they they played well despite, you know, not only being down some of their top players, but you know, there's no Rope Hence, there's no Jason Dickinson, there's no Tyler Zagan. So, and they found
1: a way to score three goals. Right. And, and that's but, thing. If we can find a way to score three goals, I feel like we're going to win most of our games, and that's what we said last season too. But especially with our goal scorers out, it's so hard to get to three goals right now. Three sounds like a ton of goals for the Stars.
0: Well, and uh, that Jamie Benn goal at the end of the second period was huge. Absolutely huge. So, uh, so to put a bow on the game uh, yesterday... We need more of the depth scoring, which is what we got from Tanner Carrow and Andrew Cogliano. Uh, we got a goal from a player that we really needed it from, Jamie Benn, and then we got outstanding goaltending from Jay Cottinger. Um, so that just needs to be the way that the Stars play consistently.
1: And yeah. and this weekend just further proves to me that, like, Dobby needs to be out this season or next season. I don't think it's very likely to happen this season, but by by the end of the off season coming up the shortened one dobby can't be on this team it, it has to be ottinger if you're gonna say ottinger is gonna be our guy in 2023 which is I, I believe is the right decision you you want to be able to pay these younger guys coming up
0: and you want him to have time with ben bishop who is an experienced goaltender who knows how to win in this league
1: who who plays the same way too these guys are both big players giants and, yeah gigantic people they're gonna play the same way he's obviously learning so much this season like you see every game he's like your rebounds are bad. His real, his his re- his rebound control gets better. Goodness, that was bad.
0: Words are hard. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but uh j- just every game he plays he gets better. He's got to keep playing in the NHL. He he can't stay in the AHL anymore. It- it's proven, especially this this weekend. Just outstanding weekend for him. This is that's a starting goalie for us right there that played like top 10 in the league this weekend. So he- it proves he can't go back to the AHL. If he goes back to the AHL, it'll it would be awful. It would it would just be terrible.
0: Well, it it would it would either be that or everybody in the AHL would just be absolutely freaked out of Jay Cottinger. Can you? imagine? Yeah, he gets a
1: shutout one one a week.
0: Yeah, one a week. Yeah, he would easily be the the stars the, the Texas Stars' best player down there. So, um, if we had time, I actually wanted to talk about some of the the Texas Stars and see how they're doing because they're actually doing pretty well down there. Um, but yeah. let, let's get to this. Let's get to to, to uh, today's game. Um, so, despite the fact that we didn't have all of these have all of these players in, I felt like we played an okay center. game. Yeah, I. It's hard to be mad. It, it's hard to be mad. <laughs> it's hard to be mad because we
1: split, this, because we split the see, the season the, the series, which I said is should be our only goal. So with these again, top
0: teams, what, especially, yeah.
1: Uh, like I said in the beginning of the podcast, overall for the weekend, happy. But this game's right there, and I know we have one sinner on the team right now. But like, when Ottinger plays that good, like ugh, you got to get one point. Get some full support, man. Yeah, you got to get one. Just so that they play bad, <laughs> right. in my opinion. The their the canes were on us all night. Again, like you said, we don't have the skill to make the passes to get out of our zone. Like we just don't have people who can make those passes. Yeah, we can't I disagree. The passes. They were in our zone the whole game, Ryan. They were, they were, <laughs> but they,
0: I still feel like we have the. I mean, the only thing that seems to be untouched is the top four for for the defense. And I felt like we were doing an okay, fifty percent of the time. I'll say fifty percent <laughs> of the time we were getting oh we were getting out of our zone okay, but no. the 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 thing was with this game is that there just wasn't enough push on the offensive side of the puck so and i think that we just have to credit that to those shifts in our zone <laughs> yeah uh, but i think the reason why we spent all those shifts in our zone is because we were one we were tired two we're down a bunch of players and three yeah. we just don't have the we just didn't have the 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 push that we had in the first period yeah. of the saturday
1: game I'm not saying I'm blaming them. Like th- th- they have so many excuses that are completely valid for losing this game. But like when your goalie plays that good, I- I'm sure they all feel that way too. Like everybody's out, they're just doing the best they can. But they feel like we gotta get one goal. But so it- it's just tough. Like we got two AHL lines in this game. Like, right. <laughs> uh, I
0: mean, I mean, look at the look at the lineup that we have. Ty DeLandria probably could be a top line in the AHL. Uh, you got Nick Camano. You've got uh, Justin Dowling, who is not who is a depth player. He's he's you know somebody who the, who should be a healthy scratch. Um, you got Rick Gardner. You've got Tanner Caro. I, I, I mean, like these guys should not be playing. Yeah. A Those huge... are five
1: guys who shouldn't be on an NHL roster right now.
0: But the thing is, is that just the the story of the season. It's just all the injuries that the stars have faced,
1: and, and if you think about it, before this season, we would say Robertson shouldn't be um in the NHL either. So right, really and, have... and
0: and we knew that he could score because based on because he he led the OHL, which is one of the Canadian junior leagues, uh, in scoring. and he I think he had like a hundred points over a hundred points, and uh, you know there was a lot of hype around him, but that kind of died off the last couple of years. So I think you're right. I, I think he. We would have all said no. Jason Robertson needs to be top six in the AHL, and maybe he gets a call up when uh, we have some players that are out.
1: But yeah, if you if you showed me this lineup before the season started and said this is the lineup that we're starting an NHL game with, I would say we would win two games the whole season. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's two AHL lines. <laughs> Take that, <Honestly>. Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it would be Buffalo levels. <laughs> And somehow we're, we're still keeping these games closed. So, again, it's a miracle that we're not dead last right now. So we should be happy about that. But it, when you're one point away, it just, it hurts. Well, the
0: the the thing that I love about Jason Robertson is, uh, and this is a stat I'm going to throw at you, the, the two players that I noticed the most in today's game were actually uh, Jamie Benn and Jason Robertson. And between yeah. the two of them they combined for 9 shots. So that's a third of the stars shots right there with those two players. And they were on and they were on different lines, which which is good because we needed we needed to have to try and spread out the offense a little bit of well of the offense that we have left, I should say. <laughs> but uh, it, it was good to see both of those players, you know, throw in anything and everything they had at the net.
1: Yeah, especially this game. Like you just needed one. <laughs> and I think I think everyone could feel it too. Like the Canes weren't gonna get another one. <laughs> Ottinger was playing too good, so all we needed was one. We just we couldn't find it. We couldn't get out of our zone fast enough, and you can see that because like our our defense our defenseman didn't really have that many shots either. Like Klinger had no shots on goal because he was in his zone the whole game. Right. So it 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 just sucks. We're we're so hurt. We have one center left. <laughs> right. And it was a back to back. Like. It, and and the score was
0: know. only one to nothing.
1: And it was only one to nothing. And, it, and,
0: should have been, it should have been 7 to nothing. <laughs> right, well, and yeah, Bottinger made several, especially the second period. I, I thought the first period was a little bit more even, Steven, but the second period especially, we got destroyed. Uh, You know, if, if you look at the play on ice, it was just, holy crap. <laughs> I was like, oh, we're in our zone again. Oh, we're going to get, oh, never mind, we're not going to get it out. Oh, here it go. Oh, no, never mind. It's <laughs> and, you know despite all the pressure and stuff like that um one of the things that i've noticed the past couple of games and it, this goes back to the uh the was it Nashville they played on thursday i already forgot yeah. Nashville yeah. the it seems like their defensive game in front of their goaltenders has gotten better over the past couple of games
1: i definitely agree with that the, it, past, the past like seven games i'd say they've gotten tighter
0: right so they they've been playing better for you know they sucked it up at, at you know, after the, that four-game win streak, they were sucking it up after that. And then they got to a point to where they were finally starting to play a little bit better in the offensive zone and getting that four checking going. And now it seems like the past couple of games, they've finally started to figure out, oh, this is how we play defensive hockey, Dallas Star style.
1: Yeah, they've gotten the cycle between the defensemen getting, being able to pinch as much as they want and still getting our forwards back enough to defend on a counterattack. So... It feels like the way we were playing in the playoffs, just without all the skill players, right? with two, two AHL lines.
0: Well, and honestly, I didn't know how if I can measure this in any way, but with the last three games, I haven't felt as, and I know this is funny, but panicky as I have previously about when the stars are in their defensive zone, because they've yeah. been making better plays with the puck, right? Yeah. So that so the and they're not trying to it's happened a couple times where they've passed their problems along or whatever but it, it generally is and we've been using our defensemen to get into the offensive zone right yeah and if we turn over the puck at the offensive uh blue line a lot of the time there's been one or two forwards there to help back check to help with the that play um yeah. the, i mean the the one mistake we had tonight is alexiak pinched and there was nobody back to, to help him out, and that's how Martinuk uh, got the breakaway and scored the goal. That was the one mistake I saw the entire night. Um, one big mistake, I should say, that I saw the entire night. The, the rest of the time, even though the Stars were tired, they were playing a very defensive-style game, and it was fantastic the way they, they've been playing. I, I wasn't panicky. I honestly thought that we were going to tie this game up based off of how we were playing defensively.
1: Yeah, I, I thought we deserved to definitely. It, it it it's super strange how like it feels like our defensemen are definitely being more aggressive, and yet our defense has gotten better because of that. It it is just weird. Stars hockey is weird,
0: <laughs> but it works. It works. It works. So
1: not tonight, but yeah. <laughs> last night it worked.
0: <laughs> yeah, we just need to see. A, we just need to see a little bit more push, and it was just we were just tired. We
1: need to see some more skill.
0: Yep. Yeah. And uh well, I don't think we're gonna get that back anytime soon. So Unfortunately, we'll have to see uh if we can get any of those players back. I mean, uh you gotta think that does Rope Hintz play in the next game?
1: <laughs> sure hope so. Or else we got no more <laughs> NHL centers. I mean who's our who's our who's our first
0: who's our first <laughs> line center? Uh oh okay, Pavelski. Okay, who's our second line center here?
1: Who can take face-offs?
0: <laughs> Commando, you're gonna do it. <laughs> you are now are our second third. line center. <laughs> <do the>
1: second <laughs> line. Goodness, this season's nutty.
0: Okay, it, it, it's just flat out. Just how
1: are we still in it, guys? I don't understand. Uh, I don't
0: understand it either. I'm just and and you know, I, I loved your I loved your comment about how this could be a blessing in disguise for the stars. So. Even though we may not make the playoffs and stuff like that, we're seeing the development of some of these guys who might not have gotten a chance, and that might change the, you know, the aspect of, you know, who we protect in the Seattle expansion draft. And I think you're right when you talk about that, you know, watching these players play, these rookies and some of these younger guys. It changes how the outlook feels for the future for the stars, because yeah. for a while it seemed like you know, all right, we we have two year window, maybe a three year window, and then you know we we beat Nashville a couple of years ago and made the second round, and we we could have beat St Louis and we didn't, and that really sucked. They went on to win the Stanley Cup, and then you know this past year you you we go all the way to the to the Stanley Cup final in adverse circumstances in one of the craziest situations you will ever see, ever in the history of the world with the COVID bubble playoffs. And we lose in six when we won the first game. We, and a lot of people don't remember that. We won the first game of the series. We were up one to nothing in the series. We needed three games to win and we would have won the Stanley Cup. And after that game don't six loss, now, <laughs> yeah, oh I, oh, I was so mad. But after that game six, I was just like, that's it. You know, I, I, I don't see the stars coming back after that. That was their chance and they and they didn't get it. But maybe with the emergence of Jason Robertson, the continued progression of Rope Hints, despite him being hurt, and then the play of Jay Gottinger, we're seeing the future of the stars. And then maybe those players can take over for more of the offensive jobs that we expected some of these other players now. Now maybe Jamie Benn can come down to a a third-line role rather than expect him to be a top-six forward now. And maybe he can still be that kind of player that and throw his body around and stuff like that and not ask so much of him. And maybe he contributes more offensively because we don't have to ask 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 as much from him because of the emergence of some of these other players
1: yeah right like before this season I'm terrified of what would happen after Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan and Radulov are all gone like they leave I don't know what this team is but but now we can definitely see that what this team is when they're gone when this team leaves it's going to be hence Gurionov and Robertson as those being your guys and you're going to have Haskin in up top and you're going to have Ottinger in the net like you can see it it's crystal clear there's your next like well in haskeden years if you hold on to him
0: haskeden he, he he's still going to be around in and, and and like you you see the young core of the stars which is awesome cuz and that that means that we're still going to be e- even if we go into a i wouldn't even say we're going to go into a rebuild cuz we saw these we see these five guys in the way they're playing
1: yeah there's no rebuild there's these no rebuild
0: it, there may be a retool where maybe some yeah. of those players leave, you know, the, the Como, the Coglianos, the uh, the Radulovs, the the Davies, you know, those kind of players. But I think we stay competitive.
1: Yeah, the guys you need to win are still here, and that's like that's what Jim Neal was good at. Like when he when he was the GM of the Red Wings.
0: Well, that's why what was it, they, their streak? It was twenty five. It, it was over was, twenty was seasons. 25, yeah. 26, something like that.
1: I think it was twenty six straight years of going to the playoffs. Jim Neal doesn't rebuild teams. <laughs> he, he's building teams while they're good. That's what's great about Jim Neal. Like he, he, it's not worth it to him to get rid of a prospect to get somebody who he might win now with. A great example of that is uh, holding on to Haskinen when he could have had a sure thing with uh, the guy. I can't even remember his name anymore because he sucks now. But like, <laughs> that's just a great example of how Jim Neal is keeping us relevant and why he's a great GM. So I, I think anyone who ever calls re- nil said i haven't seen very many people i've seen a few i've seen a
0: few it's mostly been bonus but yeah
1: yeah but nil has is an outstanding gm and <laughs> if if gilardi is smart he will never get rid of him ever and will never let let him leave <laughs> so yeah it, it seems like this team doesn't need to rebuild ever it, it, it's just super exciting to see what these young guys where they could take us
0: well and, and this sure beats the the way that the stars were you know Previously before Tom Galardi took over. Absolutely. So when when uh oh what was his name? Uh Tom Hicks, went the old owner. Yeah. Uh went when he went bankrupt and he had to sell the the Stars and the Rangers and then the Stars went through a long period of mediocreness, Uh or you know, I'm gonna rename it, uh Dallas Cowboyness. <laughs> um uh <laughs> sorry I love I love you Doug Prescott but man the, y- we got to get it you that much money <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but prove me wrong please yeah please seriously <laughs> I, especially with this the star season the way it's been please don't get hurt again we we need to see a good Dallas Cowboys season okay yeah. yeah anyways so we need to we need to hope and pray uh that this continues for the stars as well and uh We'll see where it heads. So, yeah. um, so we we don't have much time left. Uh, so we we're, we're gonna have to push off the whole uh prospects stuff. But uh, I did want to talk about uh two signings that the Dallas Stars made uh just recently this past week. And uh, I'm gonna have to make sure that I pull this up correctly. But uh, we signed two players from the University of North Dakota after the frozen four and, yep. and it, first it, one i got him okay, the go first ahead.
1: one is uh the their the captain of their team uh jordan kawaguchi so he he was the captain of north dakota and he was a, a big goal scorer guy big leader guy and the next one soon after that was their goalie adam Scheel. who who looked pre- he looked pretty good he didn't look like the guy on their team like he wasn't the reason they got there but that's definitely some depth on on goaltending which you can't get enough of so that that's two really pr- pretty big names to to get off of a free agent contract. So I think those are just great depth depth signings for the stars.
0: Well, I I feel I feel terrible for those two guys too because I, I don't know if you noticed, but uh, did you see what their last game was? No, I didn't. Oh, uh, their last game they lost. They, they both lost in a. Five overtime playoff loss to oh, the University no, of Minnesota Duluth. Yes, league. I did see yeah, that. Yeah, I, I watched after the start. I think there was a Stars game that day, or I, I can't remember. But despite the fact, but when it got to the third overtime, I was like, okay, I, I gotta watch this, and I basically watched the full game. <laughs> so, man, both of those teams. It was, I mean, that's some of the best hockey I've seen. You know, at any level, it, it was so much fun to watch. Um, but uh, what's great about Kawaguchi is that he's one of the most underrated players, and uh, one of the reasons why he wasn't uh, he wasn't drafted was because of his size. And it, it, it's uh, and I love it when you know short guys and you know smaller guys get contracts like this. I mean the the Jose Altuve's of the world. I mean it's awesome to see these guys. Uh, he's listed at five nine and one hundred and eighty five pounds. So, he's not a big guy whatsoever. He's, I mean, he's like Rocco Grimaldi size or Chris Connor from way back in the day, uh, size. So, uh, yeah. Small guys like us. Go small guys. So, um, just a couple of stats for you. He had 126 points in 136 career games at the NCAA level. So, uh... It, it it seems like he's gonna be uh he's gonna be a good addition to the stars prospect pool, and uh, he, right now that uh, that one year contract he signed is gonna start next year. He's actually on an ATO with the Texas Stars right now, so he's with the Stars organization right now, but not under an actual contract. Just a tryout, technically, even though his contract will start next season.
1: It's just so that he can play without being under contract pretty much. <laughs> right, he'll still get paid for
0: it. And then uh, and then Sheil is uh, just 21, and he's actually leaving a year early to forego his last season. So uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, but, yeah. So Stars make a couple of good depth signings, and we'll see how that goes with all that stuff.
1: So yeah, it's, good on, it's good on Jim Neal to be active on stuff like that because like, you're in the middle of the season, that's easy. Easy thing to not really pay attention to, but that's those are two really good signings I think, and they they could become big deals later. You never know.
0: Yep. So we're getting, and, and that seems to be a more of a a thing that's starting to come around. Is it's not just from Canada that all these players are coming from? There, I mean, there are some Canadian players that are starting to go towards the NCAA now, and there's the the, the talent level at the NCAA is starting to rival the, that of the Canadian leagues.
1: It's becoming a legitimate way to get to the NHL, a legitimate pass.
0: So, yeah, so uh, uh, we're excited to see where these guys go and uh, hopefully the they continue to uh, progress and maybe we'll see them at the uh, the Dallas Stars level maybe sooner rather than later. Um,
1: Hopefully not sooner. That mean that would mean we were doing bad. (laughs) Well, well, maybe
0: that's right. Yeah, never mind. I take that back. (laughs) But uh, Shield looks like he might actually be the the good compliment to Jake Ottinger. You know, here in a couple years. So we'll 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 see if that works. Uh, Chris, we got about a minute and a half. You got anything that uh you need to say or talk about or anything you Uh, want to shout out to?
1: I just ate a whole bag of gummy bears and I feel disgusting.
0: (laughs) What kind of gummy bears?
1: You know it's Haribo golden. Haribo, bears. I was
0: about to say, don't get those cheapo ones. Oh, uh, what's the other one that's really good? The, have you tried the Albanese gummy bears? No. Albanese, look them up. Those are like the best gummy bears in the world. The only reason I know that is because of a fundraiser that uh, our middle school band did. So gummy bear research. Gummy bear research, do it. And I'm gonna be s- stuck with uh, I'm gonna be stuck with all this candy that Sam and Maddie got. So it's good, my two kids. So. Oh, no. <laughs> so bad for you. Okay, guys. Uh we will catch you guys uh next time here on Starcaster Marks. Uh coming up next is buried treasures. Thank you guys for listening in. Um along with Ryan Chambers. I Oh, my gosh. I am Christian. I'm sorry. I'm trying to find the outro music. Give me a Thank break. Thank you for
1: listening. Check out our podcast on all the podcast places and all the all the social medias on Starcastic Remarks, except for Twitter, which is Starcastic Art, because Star- Starcastic Remarks is already taken somehow. Uh, Ryan is counting me down. I have five seconds left. So-